say so. Say that one more time. This microphone on. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Y'all supposed to say something. Let let the redeem of the Lord say so. Somebody say something. Come on. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. I, I guess y'all want to listen when they were singing shout. Come on, somebody. If you got the victory, you ought to shout. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. All right. I, I'll move on. I'll move on. I'll move on. <laughs> That's all right. I, I got a word from the Lord. Yes, indeed. Let us pray. God, we just thank you that we can celebrate in you, God. The joy that we have and the victory that we have through you. Lord, we thank you, God, that you are worthy to be praised. So, Father, we right now want to forget about ourselves and concentrate on you. Speak now, Lord, for your service is listening. Have your way in this place, Lord, is our prayer. Amen. If you can, I'm going to read from Isaiah, the fifth chapter, uh, verses 1 through 7. And then I will refer back to the gospel according to John, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 8. On this morning, I'm going to try to deal with the vine. Going to look at how Jesus said, I am the true vine. And then I want us to look at who the vine is. Because if one tells you one is true, that means there's another one that's not true. If someone says this is what is true, that means there's something that is false. Uh, but when we don't like to say false, we use a, a, a more uh, a, a, a astute word that we say pseudo. And that's a pseudo genius. <laughs> y'all, y'all didn't do that stuff back in school, had the person pseudos, the ones who were fake, but act like they knew what was going on. Or the fox furs, right? So this is a situation. We're going to look at the true vine. Then we're going to look at the vine. And what I want to grab here today, I want us to look, am I producing fruit or do I have sour grapes? Who here likes sour grapes? I didn't think anybody did. Yes, yo, yo, he paying attention. That's what I like. Sour grapes are bitter. You can't produce nothing much with them. But the ones you do plant, the plump, juicy, fresh grapes, right, where we get our jelly, our jam, our wine, grape juice, all of that, that's what we desire. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation from Isaiah, the fifth chapter, looking at verses 1 through 7. Then I'm going to read in the Gospel according to John, 15 chapter, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to be jumping back and forth, so uh, put marks wherever you need, write in your bulletins, try to stay with me, but I'm going to try to be as simple, as clear as possible. I'm not going to be before you long because I know you're going to grasp, am I fruitful or do I have sour grapes? Isaiah 5th chapters begins, now I will sing for the one I love, a song about his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a rich and fertile hill. He plowed the land, cleared its stones, and planted it with the best vines. In the middle, he built a watch 
tower and carved a wine press in the nearby rocks. Then he waited for a harvest of sweet grapes, but the grapes they grew were bitter. Now, you people of Jerusalem and Judah, you judge between me and my vineyard. What more could I have done for my vineyard that I have not already done? When I expected sweet grapes, why did my vineyard give me bitter grapes? Now, let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will tear down its hedges and let it be destroyed. I will break down its walls and let the animals trample it. I will make it a wild place where the vines are not pruned and the ground is not hoed. I place overgrown with briars and thorns. I will command the clouds to drop no rain on it. The nation of Israel is the vineyard of the Lord of heaven's armies. The people of Judah are his pleasant garden. He expected a crop of justice, but instead he found oppression. He expected to find righteousness, but instead he heard the cries of violence. Uh, other text to study to look at this morning is God's recording of John 15 chapter, verses 1 through 7. I will only read, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch, and whither such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. Verse 8, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Ask your neighbor, are you fruitful or do you have sour grapes? Look to your other neighbor, ask him, are you fruitful or do you have sour grapes? Looking at our text, we see two vines. One is the true vine. One is a vine that is representing of Israel and Judah. Israel and Judah was God's choice garden. In your different Psalms and Jeremiah says how God took that vine out of Egypt and planted in fertile ground. When you look at the text, the song that is saying of this vineyard, look how joyful it is, my beloved planted a vineyard. Does that sound like joy? Doesn't that sound like love? Doesn't it sound like he's excited and encouraged about this vine that he is planting? See how he cleared out the path, put it in fertile soil. Look how much he loved this vine. He put a hedge of protection around it, put a watch tower there, put a wine press there. Why? Because he was expecting what he put in to get what he get out. But instead of the grapes he expected, it was wild grapes, bitter grapes, sour grapes. 
And then he looked and says, have I not given you everything you need to be fruitful, to be productive, just now between me and the vineyard? But yet, since you will not produce what I desire out of you, I will now tear down your hedge. I will destroy the wall. You will be trampled and destroyed. I look for justice, I got bloodshed. I, I, I look for righteousness, but I hear outcry. Does that sound like he's happy with this vine? This vine of Israel being spoken to in the, in, in the chapter, fifth chapter of Isaiah. Isaiah speaking to the people, trying to get them to repent and turn back to God because God's wrath is a terrible thing. And God's letting them know that if you do not turn back, this is what's going to happen to you. You'll be trampled and destroyed. But this is a far cry from whom you are to God because you are his choice vine. You see... When Jesus was telling this to the disciples, I am the true vine, they were familiar with the vine. The vine that we want to be is in Jesus because this is the new covenant we have with our Lord and Savior. In Ephesians, it's talking about how Jesus tore down the barrier, the enmity that separated us from God through the law, abolished it with his flesh to make two into one new man. Can I help you out? If, if there was only just that vine, you and I would still be left out with nothing but bitter grace. Because nothing we can do can make us a Israel, a chosen son of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if that's not your heritage. But by the blood of Jesus Christ, we can now abide in him, and he will abide in us. And no longer will we produce sour grapes, but we'll produce fruitful, multiplying, multiplying times, whatever he put in us. Great grapes offer the glory. Glory of the Father and catch this, Jesus would say, You are my disciple. But the problem is that we have to be first be connected. And if we're not connected, then we will be disconnected. And when you're disconnected, you don't have any protection. But you're left to be burnt up or trampled and let down. I want you to realize that Jesus is the true vine. I'll tell you never, he's the true vine. Jesus. Make sure they know who you're talking about. Jesus. And, 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 and see, when we look at Jesus is the true vine, let's look at what kind of vine we are. God tells us. That the vine he planted, just like Israel, we could be just like that vine. He planted us in everything that we needed. I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings in a minute. I, I, I gave you that good job. You got the children you wanted for. You got the car you wanted. But all of a sudden, all I see out of your life is nothing but bitterness. You bitter somebody else got a new car. You bitter somebody else is celebrating their anniversary. You bitter somebody else got a raise. You, you just bitter and upset, and so therefore out of that bitterness in your, in your heart, bitterness comes out of your mouth. We see, G Jesus is letting us know that I am the true vine. God is letting us know that I planted you and gave you opportunity to produce, but it wasn't in you. It wasn't in you. You see... 
by ourselves, we cannot produce anything. By ourselves, we will always set ourselves up to be failures. He looked look in the fifth chapter of the vineyard. He planted the vine in choice area. He put a watch tower there. He had a hedge of protection. A hedge could be loose stones that came from digging up to lay around. Also, it could be thorny and bristle briars around to protect from oncoming danger to come onto it. The watchtower meant there was a watchman overlooking his vineyard to ensure that when someone was coming, he sees them coming so he can thin them off. Also, the watchtower was a place where the watchman would stay with his vineyard. But yet, when you don't produce, why do I need to look over you? When you're not even doing my will, why should I be blessing you by covering you? You see, we, we need to realize that if I am a vine, I realize I need someone to look after me. Because by myself, I can't take care of myself. But yet, if you are a vine and you're not producing fruit, that means you're not connected to the true vine. See, the true vine says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, will produce fruit. It's not a question. It's not a suggestion. It's a point of fact that if you're in me, you will produce fruit. Tell somebody, in Jesus, you'll be fruitful. But if you stay by yourself and just be a vine all by yourself, you will always bear sour grapes. See, see, God expects greatness out of us. And since he expects greatness out of us, he prepares to receive this greatness. Look, look, he planted a vine. He planted a wine press. Expected to get as much as he could out the vines. He had a watchtower to look over there. And, and look at this. Not only do they press the wine, but they eat the grapes. Or they may let the grapes stay out in the sun to become raisins. But you see, he expected greatness and something of value, something of purpose out of this vine. But when he realized nothing good was coming out of the vine, he says, well, I will destroy your hedge of protection. I will knock down this wall. There's no need for me to look at this watchtower. Everything that you have will be destroyed and trampled on. You see how God has blessed us in our lives, but yet we are bitter and sour inside it's amazing why you lose what you even do have. You wonder why you don't have peace, why you don't have joy, because you don't have it in the first place. If you have Jesus, you have joy. If you have Jesus, you have peace. But without him, you don't have joy, you don't have peace. That's why you got to get in the true vine. Tell your neighbor, get on in. Because when you move into the true vine, then you start realizing how God is working on the inside to change what comes out on the outside. Because the, the branch is, a, is, is, is connected in the, in the parable. He tells about how he is the vine and we are the branch. The branch is connected to the vine. The vine is the source that supplies for the branch so that the branch can produce fruit. All the branch does is carry the fruit. The branch is just to bear what is given to it. In other words, I want you to grab that God gives you what he wants you to carry. 
If you don't have what you want, that means you don't need to carry it. <laughs> Many travelers in life that travel and go on vacation, you don't pack everything you want. You pack what you need. Because everything else might slow you down and become cumbersome and hindrance to you. You just take what you need. Our God and lets us know in our journey and our life, I will give you what you need. Because you are my choice vine. Why are we his choice vine? You are his choice vine only, let me emphasize again, only if you're in the true vine. As the other vine, look, look what he said to them. He said, I, I look for justice, but all I found is bloodshed. I look for righteousness instead of your cries of violence. See, if we act as that vine, that's what we do in our lives. We, we try to satisfy ourselves. We want to go after money, go after sex, go after drugs. We want to go after whatever our neighbors have and covet that and want what they have. We want everything that they, the world has to offer. And we put so much of the world in us. When it comes time to produce, you have nothing to give back but what the world gave you. Because you have filled yourselves up with empty pleasures, empty promises, empty, 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 empty everything. And you're so empty, you think you're getting something out, but you're going on fumes. And, and, and many of us who, who, who have driven an automobile before realize that when the tank is down low, you want to hurry up and get gas in there. Because one, it's not good for your car to ap operate on such low gas because then the engine's working that much harder. Then pretty soon you evaporate that gas that works on fumes. Pretty soon that engine's going to destroy and be corrupted. We realize that you have to put something in it in order to get something out of it. But this world has you confused and thinking that you could put all this stuff in you and you'll get everything you want out of you. How, how you can have all your money you want. You can have all these things you want. Enjoy all these things. It's amazing. It's amazing how so much social technology that we have that we thought would benefit us, but how it hurts us. Through modern technology now, we, we would will, we will rather text somebody than talk to them face to face. Through modern, through modern technology now, we can, we can easily go across the world and sneak into somebody's back room. Through modern technology, now you can read other people's emails and learn about their secrets and learn about their lives and try to hide yours. We allow the world that we take advantage of this modern technology, but look how we could use this technology. Yes, we could use it to spread the gospel and reach people in false country worlds, but instead we use it for convenience. How pretty soon you won't even leave your house anymore. You'll be able to work from home with te modern technology. Do, do conferences from your living room with modern technology. Be able to shop with modern technology. You know, pretty soon, the only reason why you might leave is get up off your couch because somebody delivered your groceries. <laughs> we live in a world where we want to satisfy ourselves. And, and, and that's the wrong purpose because you were not made for your glory, but you were made for his glory. And so if you just act like your own vine, I want you to tell the outcome. This is the outcome. The outcome is that you'll be trampled and you will be destroyed. So keep on living just for you. And you'll still be bitter. You'll still be sour. Another translation says that there were wild grapes. You'll still be wild and obnoxious. 
In college, we used a term called OC when we talked about somebody. We, went to, we said they was out of control. And you might be OC in your life, just strictly out of control. You're OC with how you spend your money. You're OC how you spend your time. You're, you're OC how, how you talk to people. You're just out of control. You don't know how to be quiet. You don't know how to sit down. You don't need how to save money. But you sure enough know how to spend it when you want to tell somebody a piece of your mind and let them know who you think you are. But I'm here to let you understand that it does not matter what you have. It does not matter who you think you are. But it matters who calls your name. And if the person you want calling your name is Jesus, well, then you need to know Jesus yourself. Because when you know Jesus as yourself, then he knows you himself. And when he knows you himself, he no longer has you on the outside, but he brings you on in the inside. And when you know Jesus in the inside, you get to know him on the outside. Because look what he says, if I am the true vine and you abide in me, what? I uh, abide in you. And then something comes on out the outside, you start having fruit in your life. A lot of times things fall apart all around us because bitterness is coming out of us. Y'all see what happened to the vine, right? When bitter grapes came out, the walls came tumbling down. When bitter grapes came out, the watchtower came tumbling down. When bitter grapes came out, the hedge of protection was not around. But if you're in Jesus, Jesus said that not one of them will be lost. Uh, my Father has given, to them, me, them, uh, given you to me, and I will keep them. So if you abide in me as I abide in the Father, you will have fruit and fruit abundantly in your life. He said it will multiply. It will increase. How will it increase? I will prune you. So that you will bear much fruit. See, God wants all that's in you to come out of you. He wants all that's in you to come out of you. But you can't bring it out yourself. You need Jesus. Tell your neighbor, you need Jesus. See, see, the problem is that we say that, we say that to people that, that, that in Joker, oh, you know, you need Jesus. But the sad, sad thing is that how we say it is that the point is that everybody, needs Jesus. That's why for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. That's why the true vine is a vine that abides in us and we abide in him and we will glorify the father and will be his disciples. But I want you to grab this place, to grab this part right here, that if you're in the vine, it's not about you. See, the problem of being just a vine is all about you. And when it's all about you, you can get what you want, have what you have. But that won't last. But if you're in the true vine, you'll have everything that you need. Because the Lord is your shepherd. I want to close in looking at Psalm 80. In Psalm 80, we see how this psalm writes about the true vine and the shepherd. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, please listen, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph descendants like a flock. A God enthroned above the cherub will display your radiant glory. 
To Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, show us your mighty power. Come to rescue us. Turn us again to yourself, O God. Make your face shine down upon us only when we will be saved. O Lord God of heaven's armies, how long will you be angry with our prayers? You have fed us with sorrow and made us drink tears by the bucket pool. You have made us the scorn of the neighboring nations. Our enemies treat us as a joke. Turn us again to yourself, O God of heaven's armies. Make your face shine down upon us, and, and, and then we will be saved. You brought us from Egypt like a grapevine. You drove away the pagan nations and transplanted us in your land. You cleared the ground for us, and we took root and filled the land. Our shade covered the mountains, our branches over the mighty cedars. We spread our branches west to the Mediterranean Sea. Our shoots spread east to the Euphrates River. But now, why have you broken down our walls so that all who pass by may steal our fruit? The wild boar from the forest devours it, and the wild animals feed on it. Come back, we beg you, O God of heaven's armies. Look down from heaven, see our plight. Take care of this grandfather that yourself have planted, this son you have raised for yourself, for we are chopped up and burned by your enemies. May they perish at the sight of your frown. Strengthen them, the man you love, the son of your choice. Then we will never abandon you again. Revive us so we can call on your name once more. Turn us again to yourself, O Lord of God of heaven's armies. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. Do you grab what's happening there? They realize as the true grapevine, God, we turned away from you. But, Lord, we cry back out to you, realizing, Lord, we need you in order to be saved. We tried it on our own, God, but we have forsaken you. But, Lord, please remember us. Aren't you glad that God knows us? Aren't you glad that Jesus is letting us know that I am the true vine? And if you abide in me, I will abide in you, which means if you stick with me, I will stick with you with you. If you stay with me, I will stay with you. But if you reject me, you will be rejected. If you neglect me, you will be neglected. It's in there. It's in there. Look in there. The dried up branch got cut off. It got burned. Those who turned on bitter grace were broken down and trampled upon. And the boars and the other creatures ate of it. But I here want you to grab this, that God is a, a strong tower. A strong tower in the vineyard overlooks his vineyard. And as he overlooks his vineyard, he ensures that he's protected from all the enemies that are camped all around them. Don't you understand how God is the husbandman who has a vineyard? That vineyard now is Jesus. And if we are in Jesus, that means God is watching over us. I know the enemy is trying to distract you with all kinds of trials and tribulations. Our, our body is falling apart. Money don't stretch as long as it used to. Friends don't come around as much as they used to. But one thing that still is the same is that God is the Lord of hosts. And he's sitting high and he's looking low. And he's looking at his vineyard and saying, I see good grapes coming out of your life. 
life. Uh, I see that you're about to become bitter, but I won't give up on you. I'll just prune you so you can produce some more fruit. Uh, get that bitterness out. Uh, let it go. Tell your neighbor, just let it go. Uh, just let it go and let the f- freedom and the fullness of God fill you up. Because you are created to be mighty vessels of God. You are created to be mighty vessels of God. You are created to be mighty vessels of God. I'm going to close with this last illustration to deal with the grapevine. He said he put a wine press in there. You know how you got to get the wine out. You got to squeeze the grapes. You got to squeeze the grapes. And when they squeeze the grapes, the men and women will get in and and take off their sandals, and they will have their garments, and they will squeeze, but they will shout and talk one to another. And it, it is recorded that some of them will sing praises and just sing unto God. And what's going on as they're squeezing the grapes, they oftentimes they call the grapes the blood, the blood of the grape. And that blood of the grape comes out, and they will ferment it, they will drink it, and they will use it for multiple purposes. And yet that grape has to be squeezed in order to get the fruit of it out. So I'm here to let you know that though you might be feeling pressed, <laughs> though you might feel like you're being trampled on, all you got to do is just let somebody know that God's just getting it out of me. <laughs> all that goodness is in me. God's just getting that out of me. So go ahead and press on me, God. <laughs> Get what you is in me out, oh God. So it can be used for your glory, oh God. Oh, I want to be pressed. I want to meet my purpose. I want to be used. You got me, almighty God. Use me, oh God. I am yours, oh Lord. Is that somebody's testimony today? God, just press on me. Get that goodness out of me, oh God. Just press on me, God. Use me, oh God. And let God have his way. So let God have his way. So I just challenge you, next time things get over, you just start walking around, just start pressing. And just shout out to God, say, thank you, God. Because <laughs> you're a keeper. Oh, thank you, God. Because I'm covered and protected. Because you are my watchtower. You're watching over me. Ha <laughs> ha. I got a hedge protection all around me. Ha <laughs> ha. You can't break down my walls. My God made. He's my strong tower. He's my help in the time of trouble. He's my rock. He is my refuge. So know the true vine. And know the true vine. Know your true purpose. And you'll see production come out of your life that God will squeeze out. So let them use every about every eyes closed. Lord, we come to you, God. Lord, we come to you, God. We thank you, Lord, that you are the true vine. And we are the branches. And Lord, you simply give us what we need to carry in our lives. And Lord, you produce fruit in our lives so that we can be a blessing to somebody else. So Lord, we ask you to use us. Squeeze us. Get all the goodness out of us, oh God. 
Though we might be in difficult situations, though we might be in hard places, oh God, Lord, we thank you that you're still our watchtower, that you're watching out over us, God. And that you will never leave us nor forsake us, but God, you will keep us and push us to be all that you've called us to be. Father, we know the enemy is trying to do all that he can to distract us and knock us down. But God, we thank you, Lord, that you're still working on us. And you're keeping us. And you're getting your goodness out of us. So, Lord, keep on pressing. We are in your hands. Have your way, God. And with all this said, I know we'll give you all the glory. And give you all the praise. In our Lord's name we pray. Amen. 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 We, we, amen. You can give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. amen.